All right, welcome in to the Thomas Fish Sports Show Special Edition Beach Bracket Breakdown. We are here in Boca Grande, Florida at the beach. Um, a great, great scene. Um, really excited to get this started. We're just going to kind of go through um, all the parts of the brackets for you, kind of break it down. I won't tell you exactly who to pick, but I'll give you a little bit of advice, um, and we'll see how how that goes. Um, we'll start off in the south bracket. Um, first seed is Virginia. They're playing UMBC. It's a 1-16 matchup, so I'm not going to focus much on UMBC. But let, let's look at Virginia. Um, one of the most consistent teams coming into the tournament. Only two losses. Great defense. Question is, they always have a good defense. They always come into the tournament with one of the best defensive efficiency rankings, and they have, uh, they have not made it past the Elite Eight. So the question is, what does it take for them to do it? Is it just a defense that gets better and better? Well, they have been one of the most dominant teams this year. Uh, two losses, obviously, in a year where there's been so much chaos. So many of the big teams have lost. They've shown um, that they may be a step above the rest. Um, one major thing to look at with them, though, is they lose their sixth man, DeAndre Hunter. Um, obviously, not a starter, but he's still one of their better NBA prospects on the team. Um, they're still a good team without him. Um, still have a chance to make a run to the Final Four. But as we'll talk about in a second, it's going to be tough if they have to face a team like Kentucky or Arizona um, in the Sweet 16. That could be an upset potential. Um, and I think without Hunter, it may take them out of national championship contention. But I think they're still a team that could very likely make the Final Four. Moving on to the 8-9 matchup in this region, region Creighton and Kansas State. Um, this is a Kansas State team that uh, really fought and scrapped its way into the tournament um, through a very tough Big 12. Unfortunately, because it was a tough Big 12, they had some injuries. A healthy Kansas State team beats this Creighton team fairly easily. Creighton team that was kind of disappointing down the stretch. However, for Kansas State, both Dean Wade and Barry Brown are banged up, if not completely out. So they're going to have an uphill battle. Fortunately for Virginia, I don't think either of these teams, whoever wins, will have a shot at beating them. Let's get to our first really big kind of popular upset pick. It's 12 Davidson against 5 Kentucky. It's a tough matchup for Kentucky because Davidson's a really good shooting team. Kind of reminds you of the Steph Curry team that was there um, a couple years ago. However, Kentucky's peaking at the right time. Uh, they're a young team. Question is, can they play without experience? Um, it's a team all all led by freshmen, but they played well. They won the SEC tournament. They're starting to get in their groove. Uh, the, the question for this game will be, how can Kentucky's shooters keep up with Davidson's? If they can do that, I think they have the defense to overpower Davidson. However, if they come out cold, Davidson can run all over them and uh, prove to be um, another Cinderella team. Moving on, number four Arizona against number 13 Buffalo. I really like this Arizona team. I think partially because I picked Arizona last year to win it all, and they didn't. But they're very underseeded. There are a couple teams that are underseeded in this tournament, and a lot of teams that are overseeded. Arizona is absolutely underseeded. So watch for them to make a run. The reason they're overseeded is because they lost some games when uh, DeAndre Ayton and Sean Miller were out because of the NCAA scandal. I think the scandal also hurts 
their seeding. Um, they are playing a good Buffalo team, but locking down Aiton is going to be a struggle, not just for Buffalo, but for teams, whoever plays them. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. He's such, he's, he's big, he can shoot, he can do so many things. So watch for Arizona to possibly, they, well, they won't be a Cinderella team as far as being a four seed, but they could make a run at, um, at beating Virginia and maybe having a chance in the final four. Um, another upset potential. This is probably one of the most popular upset picks this year. Uh, number 11, Loyola of Chicago against number 6, Miami. And you're probably thinking, who the heck is Loyola? How did they get an 11 seed? Well, really good year. Um, they had a really good win against Florida, uh, who we'll talk about later, who's a solid team. Um, and they're coming into the tournament hot. A lot of a lot of the teams that your, your uh, lower seeds, or uh, my, my bad, your higher seeds, your kind of 11 through 16, who are in the tournament, who are mid-major schools, most of them are coming in hot. So don't just, just see that a team is hot and immediately bet on them. But this team is coming in hot. Um, Miami, the thing about them is they're they're a good team because they have five good players, but they don't have a superstar. So if it's a close game down the stretch, they have nobody who can really take it over, take the game over, and uh, help them win. Um, whereas uh, Loyola, good overall team, good D, and they're a good shooting team. I think if they're in a major conference, they're at least a six team. A lot of talent on this team. Look for this team to possibly make it to the second weekend. Uh, I like them more than Miami. But um, Miami, again, they had some good wins. They beat UNC at the end of the season. So watch. I mean, they could absolutely uh, make it to the Sweet 16 as well, or at least just win that game. Um, moving on, number three, Tennessee. Number 14, Wright State. Um, Tennessee, one of the best defenses in the nation behind um, – Virginia, uh, fundamentally sound. Um, however, Wright State's strength is defense as well. So it'll be a very – there's a lot of defense in this kind of this bottom half of, of the south region where you get Tennessee, Wright State, Texas, Nevada, Cincinnati. You have Virginia in the top. It's a very defensive region. You may get some kind of boring slugfest games. Um, I think this game will be one of them. However, I think Tennessee likely has more offensive firepower than a right state team they have more depth so in a close game i like tennessee to get the edge but if, if right state can get some shots to fall they could they could be a cinderella team um number 10 texas number seven nevada talking about our horns right now it's a good matchup for texas nevada has struggled lately they lost twice uh, in the last couple games against san diego state a team with a lot of like similar to texas so you know if bamba is healthy if he's really back getting back up to 100 percent this is a game that the Longhorns actually have a really good chance of winning. I like the matchup. Uh, but Nevada's a good team. A couple weeks ago, they were a really popular pick. They were a top 25. They were a popular pick to be a kind of 6-7 seed and make a run to the Final Four. But they've lost some games down the stretch. They're inconsistent. They have poor defense. And a Texas team who has struggled on offense, I think is going to see a lot of good looks, uh, possibly be able to really establish a paint presence with Bamba and with Sims. And so look for Texas to win unless um, if Texas comes out cold and Nevada's making some shots, then the game could go in the way of the Wolfpack. But on the other, all, the other side of the ball, Horns can get the three to fall, establish presence of the paint, and they're good to go. Um, final game in this bracket, Cincinnati over uh, number 15, Georgia State. I'm not a big fan of this Cincinnati team, um, and I think I just haven't watched them that much, so I don't have a great feel for them, but I, I mean, they're, they kind of fit in this bracket. 
poor defense. I mean, a, a really strong defensive team, not much doing on offense. And they're a two seed because they were in the, the AAC, which was that had some good teams, had Houston, had Wichita State, but they don't really have other than wins in their conference. They don't have any good non-conference wins, and so it's it's kind of a team that we don't know much about. So they could go on a run. I think most likely their ceiling is is the Elite Eight. Fortunately, I think this bottom half of the South region isn't very strong. I think Tennessee is overrated. Um, and as a three seed, I think they have a chance to at least get to the Elite Eight. But I don't like them to make the Final Four. Let's move on to the East region. Start off with Villanova. Again, not going to give the 16 seed over the, the edge over Villanova. A really good team. Um, we kind of move from a lot of, a lot of uh, defensive firepower to a lot of offensive firepower. Villanova, one of the better offensive teams in the nation. They have some of the best shooters. Uh, just about everybody on their team can shoot. If they get hot, you're not going to beat them. Um, that's, you look at, they've, they've beaten Xavier the two games they've played them. They've beaten them by 40 points. It's because they've been hot and they've just been making shots and they're so dangerous when that happens. Talented team, a lot of chemistry. Obviously, Jay Wright, a great coach. This team definitely has national championship aspirations. Um, I think definitely a team to put in that could definitely make a run at the Final Four. And there are a couple teams that could maybe play upset, but there, nobody in this region that I think is close to the level of Villanova. The only way a team could win and make an upset is if Villanova goes cold for a game or has some injuries. Um, speaking of uh, teams, a lot of people said that this next matchup is eight number eight Virginia Tech against number nine Alabama. A lot of people like Alabama to be possibly an upset um, team because they have Colin Sexton, excellent guard, excellent freshman, but he is young and it's an Alabama team like a lot of the SEC that's just been inconsistent this whole season. Um, both teams are tough to gauge. Um, they have a lot of good wins. Virginia Tech, look at who they've beaten. Virginia, North Carolina, Duke. They've beaten good teams. Um, Bama has Colin Sexton. They've had some good good, um, good wins. They've also had some bad losses. Um, Alabama looked really good in the SEC tournament. Virginia Tech did not. They got blown out, or they blew a 21-point lead to Notre Dame, um, and, they, and they got knocked out pretty early on. So it's going to be a tough game to decide. The question is, can Colin Sexton step up to the plate and deliver? If he can't, uh, this game's going to Virginia Tech. Number five, West Virginia, and number 12, Murray State. Another game that people like to say is an upset watch. Uh, like I said earlier, Murray State, one of these mid-major teams coming in hot. They've won 14 of their last 15 games. A really good shooting team. Um, but they didn't beat anybody big. Of course, they're playing in the mid-majors. But they also never really played anybody in non-conference. So... Tough team to gauge, and they haven't faced a D as good as West Virginia's. Their press, uh, press Virginia, really good defense. I think what we see in this game is um, is the press really just puts Murray State off guard because they haven't faced anything like that. You can try to simulate it, but it's nothing like going against it full game when you know everything's on the line. I think that that just shocks them, and West Virginia wins an easy game. But if they can get past that and they can shoot well. Definitely an upset to watch. Um, West Virginia is a team that could make a run at, you know, winning the region or at least making the Elite Eight. But what they've struggled with down the stretch is forcing turnovers without fouling. When you look at the Texas game, that Texas won a big game. Obviously, Texas had a lot more to play for. But what West Virginia did is they fouled and they weren't able to force turnovers. 
And so some of that depends on refs, how close the refs are calling it. But if they're not able to force turnovers and they they start other they, they start fouling, they start getting into foul trouble, then this is a team that could get upset and not make a long run. Um, Wichita State Marshall, again, everybody loves these 12-15, 13-14 kind of upsets. Um, this is an off- This is going to be a very offensive game. Both teams really good on offense, very little defense. Um, but I think what, what ends up being the edge in this game, Wichita State is a lot deeper than Marshall. I think this is a close game for maybe three quarters, and then the depth of Wichita State kind of lets them be able to extend their lead and win in the end. But they're deep. Everyone can score. Um, I don't think any of these teams, either of these teams, either Wichita State or Marshall, really make a good run. Uh, just because they don't have a, a good defense enough to really make it to the Final Four. I think to make it to the Final Four, you really got to be balanced or you just got to get hot. And it's possible. Um, we know Greg Marshall's a great coach. He's coached a lot of teams to make it to the Final Four, or, you know, advance far farther than they're supposed to. But I don't see that in this team. But they could. They could surprise me. Um, number six, Florida, against number 11, St. Bonaventure. Uh, Bonaventure, the Bonnies won last night against UCLA, so that makes, I'm wearing that UCLA jersey, that means it's okay, I'm not picking favorites. Um, but Bonnie's really solid shooting team, that's kind of how, they beat UCLA last night using two things, solid shooting and forcing turnovers. So, if Florida can hit the threes, they have, they have four guys who all are great shooters. If those guys can hit the three and they can limit turnovers, Florida wins this easily. But if they struggle, and this, this feels like a lot of what I've been saying for a lot of previous matchups with these these favorites is if they can hit the three and they avoid turnovers, they're going to win. Upsets happen when the the favorites go cold and the underdogs are able to force turnovers. This Bonaventure team is really good at forcing turnovers. That's how they beat UCLA. They threw UCLA out of their shooting rhythm. If they can do that, they have a chance of winning. If they can't, I think Florida steamrolls them over. Number three, Texas Tech, and number 14, Stephen F. Austin. Um, there are always a couple games a couple, maybe 15 against a two seed, uh, 14 against a three seed upsets that you don't really want to pick, but you know could happen. And this is an interesting one. Um, uh, we go from uh, two good offenses with Wichita State Marshall to two good defenses with Tech and Stephen F. Austin. Tech is a, is a very good, they're a good half-court defense. Stephen F. Austin is going to press you more. But I think Tech's used to that with, with West Virginia. I think West Virginia is a better defensive team than Stephen F. Austin, so Tech's faced that. Um, I also think Tech has better offensive players. They have Keenan Evans, Zach Smith, who are recovering from injury and hopefully had a little break to fully recover. If those guys are healthy, especially Evans, this is a team that can make a run at the Final Four because um, other than Villanova, I think this this region is wide open. But I think more than likely um, they lose maybe in the Elite Eight unless Stephen F. Austin does the impossible and has an upset. Number seven, Arkansas, and number 10, Butler. Arkansas coming into this tournament hot, uh, making it to the final of the SEC championship game. Um, I think they're a really good team. The thing I don't like about Butler is everybody, same thing kind of goes for Wichita State or VCU when they're in the tournament. Everybody says, oh, they've won a tournament game the last couple years. I don't care. That's a different year. You've got to look at the team this year. I don't like looking at the past and saying, look at what this team did. You know, they've made the tur- they've won a game in the first round three of the last four years because it's a different team. And so, and it's a different coach. This is not, you know, the same the same team that made it to the, the same coach that made it to the Final Four. He's coaching, you know, the Celtics. Um, I don't think this is a great Butler team. I think 
um, Arkansas, good defense, good press. I think Butler struggles to handle that. I think Arkansas wins. But, again, that's not to say Butler can't, you know, get hot and win. Um, I don't think either of those teams go far anyways because they have to face almost certainly um, number two Purdue in the second round. Uh, Purdue placing, facing Cal State Fullerton. I'll keep this one short. Purdue is tall. Cal State Fullerton is short. They have one guy over 6'7 on their roster, 6'9. Purdue is a 7-2 um, player. I think, I haven't watched much Purdue basketball, but their basketball is exactly how you would think that they would be. It's tall. A lot of tall guys, they're physical. They're going to beat you up in the paint. Um, and they got a couple shooters. Um, I think... This could be an interesting matchup if they make it to play Villanova because um, I just have no idea how a really a, a, a small shooting team can match up against a tall physical team. But to beat them, you really do have to force their bigs out of the paint to force. you got to play some small ball, and you got to play small ball well. And you got to get the bigs out of the paint. If you can do that, I think a team like Villanova can do that. I'm not sure if Tech matches up well against Purdue. We'll see, but I think... This is definitely a Purdue team that can make a run to the Final Four. Um, look at number one, Kansas, playing number 16, Pennsylvania, uh, and we've moved to the Midwest. Let's look past Penn. Penn's not going to win. Uh, hate to break it to them. There will not be a 16-1 upset this year. Kansas, I think, is one of the most complete overall teams in this tournament, but they need Udoka Azubuki to be healthy if they want a chance at the title. If he is healthy... Um, Fortunately, I think they are fairly safe until the second weekend. I think that gives them a whole other week to continue to get healthy. If he's healthy, this is definitely a team that could win the national championship. They also have Devontae Graham, um, you know, a Wooden Award candidate, great three-point shooter, like the rest of this team. Um, one thing, the one thing that can, I think could really stop this team is good three-point defense because this team lives and dies by the three. If you can play good defense or this team gets cold, then they could lose. Um, this is also a really one of the tougher regions, they could play their best basketball and still not make the Final Four just because you got teams like Duke and Michigan State who are probably underseeded in this tournament. Um, so we'll talk more about those teams in a second. Um, Seton Hall, NC State 8-9 matchup. A lot of people like NC State to beat Kansas. Others say Seton Hall wins easy. This is kind of why, shows why picking a bracket is so tough because a game like this is really a toss-up you know, you look at Seton Hall coming in hot, NC State coming in cold. I think NC State's a better team. But the question is, can they get back to the momentum they had earlier on the season? If they can, I think they win. If they can't, they lose. I don't think either of these teams has a shot at beating Kansas. I think Kansas is too well-rounded as a team. Um, but far crazier things have happened. Um, New Mexico State-Clemson, big upset pick here. I think it could happen. Um, Clemson, we have this little couplet of teams who are football teams who are playing well all of a sudden, obviously Auburn, the other team. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Clemson, they lose their star, Deontay Grantham, to an injury, and that proved big. Um, they lost four of their last six games down the stretch. Still a good defensive team. Um, question is, can they score against a good – there's an iguana over there. Uh, question is, can they score against a good uh, defensive New Mexico State team who also has some good offensive weapons. So the New Mexico State team kind of reminds it's similar to Loyola of Chicago, where you know if they're in a if they're in a major conference, I think they have a good chance at being a sixth or better seed. So unfortunate draw, I would say, for Clemson. Um, number fourteen Auburn. 
against uh, number 13, Charleston, uh, College of Charleston. Another popular upset pick, ending our couplet of good football teams who uh, always do good at basketball. Um, and in a, they're in a similar boat to Clemson as they've lost. They lost their star, Anne-Farie McElmore, and they've struggled without their big man. They've struggled in the paint. They lost to Alabama in the SEC tournament because uh, Alabama, especially with Colin Sexton, did a good job of really penetrating in the paint and getting to the basket. The, the basket. Um, Charleston has a guard, Grant Miller, kind of similar to Colin Sexton, who if they play right, if they've done their scouting, has a chance to really just penetrate in the paint and beat up Auburn, who is shorthanded there. They could give the, off- the Auburn D some trouble. It's key in this game is turnovers. Auburn uh, forces a lot of turnovers. That's kind of been their calling card this year. But Charleston is good at not turning the ball over. Whoever wins the turnover battle, I think, wins this game. Um, this next game, um, obviously we're filming this on Wednesday, so we don't know who's won between Arizona State or Syracuse, uh, but they're playing TCU. I think this is kind of a game where that's a toss-up. Arizona State, they struggled down the stretch. TCU hasn't played well in a while. They've lost their star point guard, Jalen Fisher. Syracuse, a bubble team. I really don't know who to tell you to pick. I think my, my best piece of advice is watch Arizona State against Syracuse. If one of those teams is kind of hitting shots and really playing well, pick them to win because this TCU team just isn't playing good basketball anymore. Um, but if, if it's an ugly game in the play, in the first four game between Arizona State and Syracuse, I think TCU wins. Um, Michigan State Bucknell getting back. Michigan State, another very underseeded team. Um, I think Michigan State's better than, you know, half of the, uh, uh, half of the, you know, two seeds and three seeds. Um, a lot of talent. The question is, will their talent play up to their ability? That's kind of been the problem with this team is if they play up to their ability, Nobody can stop them. They're such a matchup nightmare because they have bigs that can shoot. They have good guard play. They kind of have everything similar to Kansas. Um, but they're less consistent than Kansas. So if they can play up to their talent, they're a threat to win it all. If they can't, they could lose early. <clears throat> Not necessarily in an upset, but um, at least before the Elite Eight. Rhode Island against Oklahoma. Very tough game to call. All because of Trey Young. If he can't find a shot, or if he can't find a shot, the team's almost unstoppable. You know, if he can get back to how he was playing in, in December and in January, this team is, you know, is really dangerous and could be a Cinderella. If that doesn't happen and Rhode Island's able to force turnovers like they usually do, Rhode Island wins super easy. Um, but it's all going to come down to Trey Young. Um, Duke against Iona. Um, I don't, I don't see this as an early upset for Duke. Um, you know, when you look at the two teams above them, OU and, and Rhode Island, I don't see either of those unless Trey Young gets hot. But Duke is such a good team. Trey Young could get hot, and I think Duke could still win. Um, they're really peaking at the right time. Um, kind of surprised they weren't a one seed, but, you know, I think they're one of the better two seeds in this tournament. Um, really good all around. Team Marvin Bagley is a nightmare to stop. Grayson Allen is hot right now. Question is, will they stay hot through the tournament? If they can, like Michigan State, like Kansas, they have a chance to win. If they don't, then I still think they make it far because I think even when they're not playing their best basketball, they're still a good team. But um, I think their ceiling is the national championship. Their floor is the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. All right, let's move on to our final region, the West Bracket. First up, Xavier, Texas Southern. Um, Don't love this Xavier team, but maybe that's not warranted. Again, I haven't watched much Xavier basketball. Very similar to Nova with a lot of offensive firepower um but tough region in terms of you have to play 
um, UNC, Michigan, and Gonzaga. A lot of good seeds, a lot of good teams there. Um, of all the one seeds, wouldn't be surprised to see them be the first to exit just because they have to face um, Gonzaga early on. And that'll be a good transition to our, our next matchup, Missouri at Florida State. Obviously, Missouri played almost all this season without Michael Porter. However, you know, who's the number one recruit? Um, but he was back in the SEC championship game. Didn't look great. But if he can kind of find his shot and kind of start getting back to 100%, this is a team that really could um, play a spoiler to Xavier. However, if Porter struggles, if the rest of this team struggles against um, a really inconsistent Florida State team, you know, maybe they lose in the first round and don't get any upset. Um, but definitely watch Porter. If Porter's healthy and good to go, is the team that could definitely be a Cinderella. Um, Ohio State, South Dakota State, another upset alert. Very favorable matchup for San Diego State because they play a similar ball to Penn State. Penn State beat Ohio State three times this season. So they have their numbers. So you really want to look at teams that are similar. What Ohio State struggled with was defending the three. San Diego State does that, or not San Diego State, I apologize. South Dakota State does that well. And not only that, they have Mike Dom, one of the best players in college basketball this year. He's a big man. He can shoot it. He can score in the paint. He'll be a great NBA prospect. Um, the big matchup will be against South Dakota State's big man and Ohio State's big man, Deshaun uh, Tato and Keita Bates-Diop. That's going to be a big matchup in the paint. I think whoever wins that wins this game. Number four, Gonzaga and 13, UNC Greensboro. No offense to UNC Greensboro, but they're playing a really underseated Gonzaga team. Um a really good Gonzaga team who's ranked in the top top 10. I believe they're like six or something in the AP poll, yet they're a four seed just because they play in a bad conference. But, you know, they haven't shown, Gonzaga hasn't shown much weakness this whole season. Um, I don't know if they're quite as good as this team last year that won the, uh, or that was in the national championship game, but I think because they're in a favorable bracket, I think they're a team that has a chance to make it to the final four. Um, and it's really unfortunate for uh, Xavier that they got Gonzaga in their region. That's really better than half of the two or three seeds. Um, number six, Houston. Number 11, uh, San Diego State. Tread very carefully with Houston. Um, this is a team that uh, – Houston's a good team. Came out of the, um, the AAC. Played very well. Um, good guard play. Good defense. They have the fundamentals of a championship team. Unfortunately, they're playing a really hot San Diego State team um, coming out of, um, they don't win their conference, but they looked really good in conference play. This game's going to come down to the wire. Um, and so if, if you're picking, uh, if, sorry, if you're picking Houston to maybe make a run at the Elite Eight, this is going to be a very stressful game for you because I think no matter what, it's a close game. I think down the stretch, you know, I think it's Rob Gray, if he can kind of elevate this team. I think this is most teams... If they have a, you know, a, a star guard, the question is, can the guard take over at the end of the game? If the guard can take over, they're a championship-caliber uh, team. Um, number three, Michigan. Number 14, Montana. Talk about hitting their stride. 11 games in a row. They win the Big Ten Championship. They are hot. Their offense is clicking on all levels. Um, they, they beat a really good Michigan State team with ease in the Big Ten tournament. question is, they've had two weeks off by the time they play. Um, then they'll have another week break until if they make it to the the uh, the second weekend. Question is, can they stay hot? If they can, man, they're a threat to win the national championship. If they can't, they could be a dud and they could lose early. 
Um, Montana doesn't match up well. Likely a first-round loss for them. But Michigan will be facing either a red-hot U of H or a red-hot San Diego State team in the next round. And if they get through that, UNC. So unfortunately for them, they got a lot of tough matchups. Um, question is, can they maintain their their streakiness? Can they maintain their good shooting with a big break? Because the Big Ten tournament was a week earlier this year. Only two games left to look at. Providence and Texas A&M. Talk about a toss-up. A&M, one of the most, probably the most streaky team in the NCAA this year. We talked about how streaky and inconsistent SEC teams are. None more than A&M came in to the SEC, uh, into SEC conference play. Really good. They were top 25 team. Then they start off 0-5. They have some problems. Uh, They suspend a player. They had injuries. Then, not exactly sure what it was. It was like they win three games, lost four, win three, lost four. They're on a three-game win streak, um, or they were, to end conference play. But who knows what team shows up here. They're really, they lack discipline. Um, and this is a Providence team who made it to the championship game of the Big East, and Dave Xavier, a good Xavier team, a run for their money. So I think this is, if, if A&M can play disciplined, I think they win fairly easily, but They've shown that they've struggled to do that, and if they do struggle to play uh, play discipline, uh, I think this is a good chance for Providence to pull an upset. Our final game, number two North Carolina, number 15 Lipscomb. UNC wins this easy. I think UNC is good, and I, I think I want them to be good. And, and they've played good down the stretch, but I just... Their good play at the end of the season has been kind of similar to Michigan's, other than they've kind of been... They've been better at the beginning, but they're playing a lot. They're playing good basketball right now. Um, they make it to the ACC championship game, lose to a good Virginia team. But I think because they're in a bracket where there's a lot of chances to win, um, a lot of winnable games, you know, with, with Xavier as your one seed, I think they have a chance to make it to the Final Four. Um, I do think they're a little undersized. They're good at getting offensive rebounds. Luke May leads that team. Um but I think they're undersized. If they were to come into a team that could really bully them in the paint, I think I think they have. Um, I think there's a chance they lose. Anyways, that's gonna do it for us here at the Thomas Fitch Sports Show Beach Bracket Breakdown. But this is really awesome. Great view behind me. Good luck in all your brackets. Um, well, we won't do an episode next week because I will be covering the golf tournament um, in Austin. But the week after that, we'll be back. Anyways, from the Thomas Fitch Sports Show, I'm Thomas Fitch. Welcome horns.